I think an awakening, bro, because we've been building in Africa, you know, like, like history for one thing is documented that very appropriately. And I think when I think of building in Africa now, I'm thinking technology, I'm thinking systems, I'm thinking engineering, um, a central way of life, you know. Welcome to the Built in Africa podcast, where we connect trailblazers of the African diaspora through the unifying language of tech. On this episode, we connect with Ushanente Dengana, Digital Project Manager at Noel Now Computing. Let's get into it. There are many roads to becoming a software developer and sometimes that journey includes poetry. Listen as Nente shares how he transitioned to software development. I've had a very interesting short life so far. Um, so born in Nigeria, went to Tanzania, very young, um, completed high school in Tanzania, dropped out of my A-levels in Tanzania after topping the class for some weird reason. Wow. Um, then I kind of went on a hiatus for say two years. I, yeah. I didn't really want to throw myself right into uni. I wanted to understand myself a bit more and the world a bit more. And during that space of time, my family relocated back to Nigeria. Um, I moved around the country for a bit. Then I went to university in Ibadan. It's a very modest town right after Lagos in Nigeria. Yeah where I chose to study psychology for two reasons. Um, firstly, because I wanted to understand myself a lot more and I wanted to understand others as they function in the world a lot more. And that, that still serves to today. Halfway through my university journey, I picked up software development. It's a funny story because actually I'm a poet. So I actually just wanted a way to host a poetry website for free, right? And <laughs> yeah, so that's how it all actually started. Um, I did a random Google search, GitHub popped up. I didn't even know what GitHub was then, but it just said I could host a website here for free. And so I spent a couple of months learning Git, even though I could have used WordPress or something, but like, why not? And through a lot of serendipitous movements, um, I find myself now a software engineer building technical solutions for businesses in the entrepreneurial space. While many developers start their programming journey as self-taught devs, getting some formal training along the way can accelerate growth. An alumnus of MESS Africa class of 2020, Nente shares how MESS helped him grow as a dev. Before coming to MESS, I was a bit of a renaissance technologist, I would say, in terms of just approaching it more as an art than a science. Um, implementing a little bit of this, a little bit of that, as long as it came together in a solid form, <laughs> we're good to go, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, I think um, being at MESS has really given, it's given me structure in a good way. There are a lot of firsts that I'm, I've internalized very deeply in terms of what one needs to do to execute um, any solid software development project. So it's, it's given form, I would say, to mm. my perspectives as a developer. Nelson Mandela once said, don't judge me by my success, 
Judge me by how many times I fell down and got back up again. That's resilience. And according to Nente, resilience is one of the keys to being a successful software developer in Africa and building successful software solutions for Africa. Listen as he shares more. Software developer in Africa is, I like, as I told my friends, is an extreme sport. So <laughs> you're, you're battling internet connectivity, you're battling power cuts, you're battling this general access to resources. There, there are certain roadmaps that exist globally for learning and entering tech. But you find that in Africa, the, the little things, like even access to a laptop, like it might seem like not such a big deal, but for the average person starting off in tech in Africa, that's one of the major hurdles they have to jump over. And I think resilience, really, just being able to not give up. Like I recall the... One of the first um, intense projects I worked on, I built a React plugin for the Free Code Camp test suite in 2018. And I did this surviving power cuts. And at the time, my laptop was such that if the, if the electricity goes off, it had like two minutes. So like, I would literally work on it when the power goes off, just shut everything down, like get pushed in like three moves, bro. <laughs> it was like doing all of that. And when there's no power, I would literally write out what I wanted to do when the power comes back. So I didn't mm-hmm. have the luxury of just chilling and Googling. I literally needed to know what I was going to do. So when the oh. power came back on, I just went at it. There was little room for failure. And it took me about two days, but it came off well. So really resilience, I think that's just a summary of that. Being able to push regardless. Like, there are no walls. They just higher places to jump off of. That's what I like to think about the man. With regard to what it takes to be a successful um, software development project in Africa, I think it's it's high level, just um, a magnification of that, you know? It's, it's enough to have resilience, but it also helps to have team members that have resilience. It also helps to have um, a supporting um, network, a supporting ecosystem that has resilience because when you have all of these pieces, then it's easy to just tie tie the knots, you know. And I feel that a lot, a lot more startups need to just take control of telling of telling their story, you know. Because once upon a time, Google was just a couple of individuals trying to, trying to organize the world's information. Now, now look at what we have. I right. think if if we have a lot more um companies that are not so fixated on like just exiting or just being that headliner startup and really just starting things off at the grassroots and letting the process take care of itself, you know, just follow the growth stages and offer value. I think that's also one thing a lot of entrepreneurial ventures on the continent, I think, struggle with because it's one thing to have a really fancy product. It's another thing to have all your marketing and everything on point. But if you're not offering a direct value, Africans won't buy in because that's just like we need to see what we're paying for. And that's it for this episode. If you haven't already, check out the full article on our website, builtinafrica.io, found in the description. And while you're there, subscribe to our newsletter so we may keep you up to date with the latest. But until then, Keep building.